Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Here we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether you find the message to be uplifting or challenging, comforting or even unsettling, we hope it will help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. To God be the glory. Well, welcome to worship. It is great to have you here with so much energy and enthusiasm. Special welcome. If you happen to be a visitor with us, we are so glad that you are here. We invite you to fill out this communication card. It's in the pew rack in front of you. Just put it in the offering. We'd love to thank you for being here. We are giving you opportunity to help out folks in the Midwest who have been devastated by flooding this year. We are going to be working with Lutheran Disaster Response. We will pass all of your gifts on to the ELCA, and they are already on the ground all over where help is needed. You can give here at church, or you can give through Realm. You can read about that in the Our Life for instructions on how to do that. We will be collecting money through Easter. Remember, 100% of all of our gifts to Disaster Response go to help those in need the ELCA handles the administrative costs for running that program. If you're looking to grow in your faith, consider joining Pastor Pete Radowski for his Monday morning Bible study here. It starts at 10 a.m. Tomorrow he's starting a new study. They just finished the Gospel of Matthew, and they will be moving into the Gospel of John. So if you have time in your calendars in the coming weeks, please join us here at 10 a.m. on Monday mornings, Pastor Pete Bible study. If you're able to help at any of our Holy Week services as a worship helper, either communion, assistant, usher, different uh, tasks that we need, uh, Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, please check out the board out in the lobby. Sign up. We'd love to have you helping. You can pick up the, I guess it's April now, April Horn, our monthly newsletter that is out in the lobby. There's hard copies. Or you can check it out on our website online to see the color version. Um, And finally, one more announcement. I want to introduce someone to you, Matthew Peterson. (gasps) There he is, everyone. He's in the back, Matthew Peterson. I want to introduce you to him and tell you a little bit about him. Matthew is currently in formation to be be consecrated as a Lutheran deacon. What's a deacon, you ask? Well, deacons are like pastors in that they are ministers of the church but serve in different ways. Pastors serve as word and sacrament, and deacons serve as word and service. And very often they serve in a church, but they may also be out in the community at large outside of the church doors. As a part of Matthew's formation to become a deacon, he will be doing his field work here at Good Shepherd for the next four to five months. I want to tell you a little bit about Matthew as we're introducing him. Um, He is a part of the Diaconal Association, which is through Valparaiso University, so that's the program he's in. While he's here, he'll be helping out in worship and attending staff meetings. He's singing in the choir and completing a project. He's going to be leading an adult form of Vacation Bible School on the Tuesday nights in the summer when we have Vacation Bible School in the evenings. He loves good conversation. He'd love to join you around the coffee urn some Sunday morning or some other time to just get to know you 
And so look for him uh, to get to know him and for him to get to know you. He's originally from Milwaukee, but he's currently serving now as a hospice chaplain at Crossroads Hospice and Palliative Care. And he also does some supply preaching around churches in Southern Ohio. He has his Master's of Divinity from the Lutheran School of Theology in Chicago. And he has a real passion for helping vulnerable communities. So he has served at a halfway house, a homeless shelter, a major medical center, and a drug and alcohol treatment center. And he has a passion for racial reconciliation and adult faith formation. He is married. He and his wife, Anna, live in Westwood. She is a fourth grade teacher at Chase Elementary School. And they are members of Gloria Day Lutheran Church on the west side. He's a baseball fan. He will cheer for the Reds, except for when they're playing his Milwaukee Brewers. So please uh, join us in welcoming Matthew into our community. Good morning, everyone. Our first reading today is from Isaiah, the 43rd chapter. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned, their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But forget all that, it's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun, do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me, the jackals and owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself and they will someday honor me before the whole world. Now a reading from Philippians, the third chapter. Paul writes, Though I have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could, indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight years old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel, a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew, if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees, who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith, faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. 
that I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man Jesus had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with Jesus. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance, with, filled with the fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, That perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied, Leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. The Gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Holy Spirit who inspires us all. Amen. So this morning I would like to take your nose on an adventure and have you imagine some different smells. Like walking into a place where someone has just been baking chocolate chip cookies or fresh bread. Ah, delicious. Or what about the way your house smells on that first warm day of spring when you can finally open the windows and that fresh breeze starts blowing through? Or when you smell a freshly mown lawn? Mmm. What about walking into the movie theater and you, f- you smell that fresh popcorn popping? I mean, all of that smells so good. Well, what about this one? You get home after being on vacation for a week, and you realize that you forgot to take out the kitchen garbage before you left. And in that garbage, there were chicken wrappers and raw chicken scraps that had been rotting all week. Whew, that is one powerful stink, right? Well, now try to imagine what God's love smells like. What does God's love smell like? Well, for Mary and Martha, the sisters featured in our gospel lesson today, the smell of God's love would probably most resemble those smelly chicken wrappers. And to be frank with you, the smellier, the better. 
Now, before you think I went off the deep end finally, let me explain. Our gospel lesson today comes from John chapter 12, but that story is better understood in the context of what happens in chapter 11 of John's gospel. Both chapters include stories about Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus. The first story is about when Lazarus was very ill. In fact, he was so sick that he ended up dying. And Mary and Martha had asked Jesus to come to Bethany to help them, but Jesus didn't get there until after Lazarus had been dead for four days. But when Jesus gets there, he is able to help them in a very big way. Jesus tells them to remove the stone from in front of the tomb where Lazarus was buried. Now Martha warns Jesus that if they take away the stone, there is going to be a powerful stink because Lazarus has been dead and rotting in that tomb for four days. But Jesus has them remove the stone anyway. When the stone was removed, Jesus hollered, Lazarus, come out! And Lazarus came out. But I suspect that the smell of Lazarus hit their noses long before they actually saw him come staggering out of the tomb. Well, do you know how certain smells get locked in your brain? especially when you smell them at an important time in your life, and how forever after when you smell that smell, you get transported back to that time and place? Well, I bet forever after Lazarus walked out of that tomb, whenever Mary and Martha smelled the powerful stink of death, they were transported to that day and time when Jesus called their brother Lazarus back from death to life. And so for them, maybe the smell of rotting chicken wrappers smelled like God's love and brought a big smile to their faces. Okay, so let's fast forward to our story for today. As you can imagine, the rising of Lazarus was the talk of the town. In fact, people were coming to Bethany from all over just to get a look at him. Mary and Martha and Lazarus are having a dinner party, and Jesus is the guest of honor. Now imagine the smells walking into that house. Roasting meat and cooking spices, wine and oil lamps burning. Maybe there was still just a hint of stink coming out of Lazarus' pores as he sat there next to Jesus. And think of the conversation going on around that table. Maybe Lazarus telling them for the hundredth time what it was like to hear Jesus call his name when he was lying in the tomb. Or how blinding it was to walk out of the darkness and into the bright sunlight. Or maybe Lazarus was revealing the deep secrets of what happens when you die to a wide-eyed crowd who were on the edge of their seats. But then something happened, something that turns everyone's attention away from Lazarus. His sister Mary comes in, carrying her most treasured possession, a jar of very expensive perfume. And I mean, this is crazy expensive. 
equal to a whole year's worth of wages. And up until that moment, maybe Mary wasn't sure what she was ever going to do with this, but, but now she was sure. I mean, think about it. Jesus had just given her her brother back. The powerful stink of God's love was still in her nostrils, and now she wanted to fill this room with the smell of her love for Jesus. So she took this perfume, and right there in the middle of dinner, she anoints Jesus' feet with it. And the smell, oh, the smell of it permeated the whole house. It overwhelmed the smell of the roasting meat and the spices and the oil lamps and even that hint of stink still coming off of Lazarus. The sweet aroma was rolling through the house, forever marking that moment, that tender moment of unashamed love. Mary gives the very best of what she has in response to the love that Jesus has shown to her and her family. Jesus also turns his attention to Mary, grateful for what she has done. And he says, she bought this perfume so that she might keep it for my burial. And just like that, Jesus turns the conversation from Lazarus walking out of the tomb to how he is going to be laid in the tomb after his death. Mary has done a good thing here. And she models for us what it is to be a disciple of Jesus. To give the very best of what we have in response to the love that Jesus shows us. See, here's the thing, that God's love still has the power, powerful stink of death all around it. I mean, at the baptismal font and at the table, we bring the powerful stink of death with us because we are dead in our sin. And at the font and at the table, God calls us out of the tomb and back to life. And on Good Friday, just a few days away, this house will be filled with the powerful stink of death as we witness Jesus' death on the cross, a day that is forever marked as an incredibly powerful moment when Jesus pours out the very best of what he has for us when he gives his very life. Of course, on Easter morning, the stink of death will be transformed into the smell of new life, and the smell, oh, the smell of it will permeate not only this house, but the whole world. You see, the smell of God's love is all around us. Because with each new day, Jesus calls us out of the tomb of our sin and into new life with him. So I guess as we ponder the question, what does God's love smell like? Another question is, what does your love for God smell like? What does your love for God smell like? Well, maybe it smells like a meal cooking in your kitchen that you plan to bring down to Nosh 
on a Sunday night. Or maybe your love for God smells like a bale of hay as you feel stirred to respond to the flooding crisis in the Midwest. Or maybe it smells like freshly sharpened pencils or a brand new book book as you get involved down at Taft Elementary. Maybe your love for God smells like fresh laundry or a delicious meal as you show your loving care for your family. Maybe your love for God smells like wood and paint as you work on a house for Habitat for Humanity. What does your love for God smell like as you pour out the very best of what you have in response to the love that God has shown to you? I encourage you to take that question into your prayers this week. And then let the smell, oh, the smell of that love permeate your life with joy. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, we would be most honored by your presence.